Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the final episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bride Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk all about light empaths or empaths versus dark empaths. Yes. As most of you guys would know by now that an empath is considered a light empath and a dark empath is something else entirely, and we're going to go into that. And since this is our very last episode, we're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about what we learned on the show and how this show has shaped us and what we got from that. We will talk about what we learned about life and society and social media and celebrity culture and capitalism and all that. I want to tell you my final thoughts about what we ought to do to have better mental health and a more robust life in the world we've been given today. Because at the end of the day, despite what people will tell you, um, happiness is a choice. Yes, we can still have depression. We can still have bad attitudes. We can still have frustrations. But at the end of the day, we have to rise above those things and find, find, find some greater purpose and positivity in what we're doing and at the end of the day for a cynical bastard like myself that's a hard thing to do (laughs) because at the end of the day i think we all want to pass as cats as they say we all want to pass as cool people we all want to pass as uh, good people too and at the end of the day sometimes we let our frustrations get the better of us and we have to find ways to forge happiness and forge a life for ourselves that feels personal for you and your sensibilities. Very soon, we're going to be on YouTube at Chef Fry Comedy, so please go, go on over there and subscribe. And if you want to know more about us, please come on over to our Linktree. That's Linktree forward slash Chef B-R-Y Comedy. That's right. Get yourself a drink and let's begin. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the very last episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bride Comedy. And today I have my wonderful, beautiful wife and co-host, Rebecca Russell. Please say hello to the folks. Hello. Yes, indeed. So this is the very last episode that uh, we will ever be recording unless we do a bonus episode or something like that. I have a feeling that'll happen. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to uh, just kind of end the show on a high note. I want to go over uh, some of the things that we learned in the two years we've been broadcasting. And I want to talk about some of the things we learned about society, some of the things I learned as an empath, some of the things I learned about empathy and compassion, some of the things uh, I learned about uh, social media and uh, trying to make it as a content creator, and we're just going to go down this list. I have a giant list here, and we'll try to get through that. But first, I wanted to quickly do the thing that I uh, said I would do, which is we were going to do an episode about uh, dark empath versus light empath. But uh, I'm calling this episode, This is the End, but it's not goodbye. It's see you on YouTube. Things we learned, how the how this shaped us, and what we learned. Did I say that right? <laughs> yes. So I just want everybody to understand that um, this has been a very uh, good uh, but mixed bag experience for us. 
and we'll go into all the reasons why. And but we're we're there's like a sense of a happiness because we're going to be going over to YouTube. So if you you know haven't uh, checked out our YouTube channel yet, do go, go on over there. It's YouTube uh, forward slash uh, at Chef Bride Comedy, and uh, we're going to be doing a lot of the same stuff that we're doing now talking about mental health, talking about robust living, talking about uh, the world in which we live, the bizarreness of it sometimes, and how to uh, seek and uh, fight regressive or oppressive systems and attitudes. And then really just talk about how do we make the world a better place for us regular people? We don't, rich people and the elite, they don't need our help. We need to be helping each other. We need to help each other lift each other up and to understand a greater understanding of what this life is and what you are and to hopefully uh, find the confidence and the joy, frankly, in doing what you want to do with your life in a way that you want to do it. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all held back by guilt and shame and um, whatever, bad attitudes or life paralysis and at the end of the day yes this world can be a shit storm and yes it 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 gets very hard to know what to do when uh, everything revolves around the almighty dollar wouldn't you agree oh yeah definitely yeah and this show has also been a lot about uh, exploring the paranormal as empaths because we kind of have a little bit of a you know a second sight if you will into that universe and so we watch a lot of it to just get a beat on what's real, what's not. We try to be grounded pragmatists. And a lot of people just, if you haven't been listening to the show about the empath stuff, a lot of people don't understand what that really means. You know, they think it's some kind of hocus pocus or they think it's some kind of hippie spiritualism or something like that. Being an empath is about just realizing within yourself that you've got uh, somewhat of a sight beyond sight, that you pick up on other people's energies and thoughts and intentions. And a lot of times um, it's just an added hurdle for people who are struggling with mental health situations, right? And so at the end of the day, it's hard enough to deal with the world that's going a little bit cattywampus, but then add to the fact that uh, you're very sensitive to other people's vibes and picking up on societal vibes and things like that. So I just wanted you, babe, to kind of um, talk real quick about your experience in understanding what you are and how you came to that. And then and then we'll get into the article about uh, dark empaths versus true empaths or light empaths. Yeah. To me, it's just a heightened sensitivity to all those things that you mentioned, like yeah. people's emotions and their energies and their intentions. And, right. And I think... I never, until we started doing this, I never even realized what that was or that that's why I felt some of the things that I felt. Yeah. Like some days just feel so overwhelming and you realize that it's because just the energies coming at you are one way or another, Mm. maybe even, maybe even happy, but it's just too much. Right, right. It's not always negative. It often is because negative emotions tend to be more powerful Mm -hmm. than uh, positive emotions. Yeah. But any kind of emotional surge we pick up on and then we wonder why we're anxious or we wonder why we're get, not getting great sleep or we wonder why uh, we feel like we're losing it, even though there's nothing really going on. You yeah. Know? And I'm a total introvert on top of that. So that's right. just the, the heightened stuff coming onto my introvert brain. Yeah. Some days I just want to completely shut down and hide in the corner. 
absolutely, and so do I. And I think most empaths are very um, spiritual people, not necessarily religious, but spiritual in that they're emotionally uh, sensitive, they're emotionally intelligent. Oftentimes they can be introverted because they often do that as a coping mechanism for the fact that they get overwhelmed easily in crowds or get overwhelmed easily with people and things like that. We pick up on so much more than what's at face value. And a lot of people think that's a bunch of paranormal or supernatural hogwash. And we've done entire episodes on basically that, you know, it's about your mirror motor neurons that the more you have or the more um, strong they become, the more we pick up on a lot of things. We pick up on uh, micro expressions, just as body analysis people do, but then we have an added layer there of energy, and that energy is often coming in the form of emotion. And then we pick up on these emotions, and oftentimes we think they're our own when we realize, oh no, we're just, yeah, you know, absorbing shit around us, frankly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we've set up in many, many articles about uh, the dark triad that's, um, you want you want you want to say what that is, the dark triad? Sure. So yeah, the dark triad is um, traits of narcissism, psychoc psychopathy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving that in. <laughs> Psychopathy. Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> cockapoo. Um, psychopathy and Machiavellianism. Yeah. So if you guys don't know, uh, Machiavellianism is um, uh, based off a guy named Machiavellia. He was back in the days of um, uh, Da Vinci. I actually have this article. It's got a little bit of Oh, really? Okay, well, it, then so, I'll just yeah. kind of shut up then and let yeah, you go. Yeah, no, that's fine. It just yeah. it was farther up in there. Um, it just, it's traits of cynicism, abusive behaviors, vindictive behaviors, mm. and use of emotional manipulation tactics. And then as far as the other two traits, the psychopathy, um, indifference towards someone else's needs or well-being, right. use of manipulation tactics, right. low impulse control, right. and inability to feel remorse. Right. And then the narcissism are characteristics of an inflated sense of self, mm-hmm. a need for attention and admiration, and feelings of grandiosity. Yeah, and, and a, a lot of times in the empath world, you'll hear uh, nar- about the term narcissistic abuse. Basically, it, it's a, a big fancy word for people, a lot of times women, but not always, um, but where they've, you know, ended up in a situation where they, their man or their woman uh, are narcissistic sociopaths and uh, they control uh, p- their, their significant other in abusive or controlling ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so in this article, it does state something about the three types of empathy, and then we'll get into uh, basically what the traits are of a dark empath. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, the three types of empathy, cognitive empathy, which is the ability to understand someone's perspective and thoughts without emotional involvement. Mm -hmm. Emotional empathy, being able to feel the emotions someone else is feeling as though you are going through their experience also. Mm -hmm. And compassionate empathy, a combination of cognitive and emotional empathy, where you understand another perspective and your emotions respond as though you are in that situation. Right. And most empaths are usually that, where... You intellectually understand it um, on a on a intelligence level, but then you also really do feel mm-hmm. for their situation on an emotional level too, and yeah. and that's 
um, what separates uh, true empaths from dark empaths. But go ahead. Yeah, and the dark empath is someone who uses cognitive empathy at the expense of others, often for personal gain. They can recognize someone's situation without sympathizing with them. Yeah, and a lot of people believe that a true empath cannot, by nature, be a part of the dark triad, whereas a, a dark empath can. A lot of times they're using some sort of manipulative or narcissistic or psychotic uh, behavior for their own means, right? Yeah. And so there's a, a doctor within this article that said that <clears throat> using the term empath at all with with the dark triad stuff yeah. is kind of it's kind of a misnomer because when you think of empath and empathy, it's it's benevolent, it's good. And right. the dark empath is just kind of the opposite of that. It's a polar so opposite. It's kind, yeah, right, so it's right. kind of a, a term that is misleading sometimes. Yeah, in a way. What do you mean? Just because when you think of empaths, it it brings to mind empathy. Mm -hmm. And dark empaths are not empathetic. They use it in a dark way. So the term dark empath kind of uh, makes you feel like they're empaths, even though they aren't. Well, they are empaths. They have the same abilities. But they're using it. For nefarious or Mm -hmm. selfish purposes, right? Yeah, so it's just, yeah. She just kind of felt like it was a misnomer because... It brings to mind certain things that aren't there. Right, right. Oh, I see. So basically, because the term dark empath uses the word empath, uh, she's basically saying that, no, this doesn't apply it's here. It's a separate, yeah. It's a separate, it's a separate thing separate because of- you're kind of almost granting them the same um, uh, benevolent um, yeah. uh, credit that they don't mm-hmm. deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a way. So yeah. you, so it'd be better if we did got out of the habit of even using the term dark empath because really at the heart of them they aren't empaths at all they're actually yeah. quite uh, in in one of those mm-hmm. dark triad categories yeah, and she said like i can't remember her name i could find it but i don't feel like scrolling down <laughs> but she like, uses the terms she said a dark empath and a psychopath are basically interchangeable terms Ah, okay, very good. Just kind of an interesting take on it, which actually makes a lot of sense. Well, and there's probably different kinds of psychopaths, too. There's probably the kind of psychopaths who are sociopathic in the sense that they're completely um, numb to other people's feelings. Yeah, they don't even know that they're there. They're not even aware of it, right? Whereas it seems like some psychopaths are smart enough to identify with people's feelings, but then they can use that to manipulate control or manipulate yeah. people yeah, for their absolutely. own uh, gain. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. So the next part goes into how dark empaths think and feel. Um, yeah. A lack of pleasure from social rewards, despite feeling the need for attention. Yeah. High attunement to others' experiences and circumstances. Right. Emotional distance or detachment and a drive toward grandiosity conflicted by intense self-criticism. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder, you know, would you s- say that this is a rare thing or... Because there's so... Ev- it seems like everybody nowadays, and I'm going to go into this later on the show about tough versus soft or, uh, you know, kind versus... Um, tough, if you will. Yeah. I've, I've got it written here, but uh, but I kind of want to go into the kind of, uh, I call it the tough, soft paradox, um, and we'll go into that later. But it, do you feel like um, perhaps that the world is becoming more uh, sociopathic or psychotic in the sense that capitalism's forcing us all to sort of shit or get off the pot, and we tend to force ourselves down the throats of each other, and therefore... 
the world's, you know, all the best business criminals are basically psychopaths, aren't they? Yeah. So would you it, think sometimes it feels like the world's getting more that way because that's the way you get ahead and that's the way you succeed. And, mm -hmm. and some people, I think, take advantage of that and it, it kind of gives them a free reign with the, the dark part of their personality. Oh, yeah, because like um, like for myself as an empath, I always had a strong desire to be an entertainer. I always had a strong desire to make people laugh and to sort of sort out my thoughts and feelings with people so that we can become friends we become closer and that was my reason for going into radio and my whole reason for going onto the youtube channel is i want to commiserate with people i want to form real bonds and i want to talk about real stuff and i feel like we've just become so mean and divisive in our society that it often makes me wonder whether or not we've all sort of become somewhat manipulative or sharing those dark triad traits in other words it's like capitalism is sort of i don't know training us to become better psychopaths <laughs> yeah i think it, i think so yeah and some people are more that kind of aligns more with their personalities and it allows right. them to take advantage of that well and some people just you either give a shit about others or you don't some people just look yeah. in the mirror and they love what they see and it's all about them and, and like donald trump and some don't and some people legitimately have true feelings for others and i think you know, because I watched this thing about psychopaths. There's a lady who's a psychopath. She's like, yeah, I don't think about others. I don't care about others, but I don't want to hurt them. I yeah. don't want to harm them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in other words, you could probably train a psychopath to not be a criminal or a violent predator. But at the same time, it seems like there's a lot of people, if they're not in touch with their maturity, or if they're not in touch with their kindness or empathy, they could probably be trained to be psychopaths, wouldn't mm -hmm. you say? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. All right. So the article goes on to say, um, talk about how dark empaths act. Yeah. Um, vindictive behaviors such as gossiping, bullying, or intimidating. Yes. Use of uh, emotional manipulation tactics or taking advantage of others. Right. Physical aggression towards others. Yeah. And extroversion. Right. Which is interesting because it's kind of the opposite of how most empaths are right. lean, lean toward the introverted spectrum well, of things. I started out as an extro extrovert and now I'm more of an ambivert, but I I have a lot of introverted tendencies now. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that there's only so many times you can you know put your best foot forward and step into a bear trap when yeah. it comes to people and society. And so you kind of become... By force of survival, you become more introverted because you realize that a lot of people just aren't firing at your level and you start to realize the wickedness of some people. And so you kind of have to be a little more reserved in who you let in, frankly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And last but not least, they talk about the manipulation tactics used by dark empaths. Um, their insight allows them to identify ways to manipulate social situations in a way that makes them appear blameless. And some of these right. tactics are gaslighting, love bombing, ghosting, playing the victim, sarcasm, intimidation, and gossiping. That all reminds me of Donald Trump. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, and I think he's teaching that sociopathy to his, his cult, frankly. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is I, you know, we're going to go into politics at the end, tiny bit, just to tell you guys why we go into politics but it's really to get you guys to understand as sensitives as empaths why we um you know 
call a spade a spade. Why do we call out um, psychopaths in our society? Because we have to be yeah. careful of them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and just that ends with a really good, I found that doctor's name. Her name is Mary Joy. She's a mental health counselor in Florida. Oh, okay, good. Um, she said that they can be very charming and put you on a pedestal and then be the very person who will knock that pedestal down. Right. And she gave a very good um, example, um, a quote, that she, you know, made up, someone would say, that's a beautiful dress on you. I bet you'll be glad when you lose 50 pounds so it looks even better. Yeah, it's like negging. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like negging. If you've ever heard of the term negging, it's like when a, when a man uh, tries to get a woman to win them over through negative insults. Mm-hmm. And they make they chip away at your self-esteem to the point where you feel like you need that person and because they're so confident and they're so strong yeah. that you Absolutely. rely on that person. And it's a form of pickup which I don't think works anymore, but uh, yeah, <laughs> in the right individual, in the right circumstances, it could. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can see that using the empathy part of it or the empathic part of it, you realize someone has low self-esteem. So you kind of start with the compliment yeah. and then add a negative thing as the dark empath part of it to well, break someone down. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so, yeah, that's basically the whole article, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's the thing, you guys. At the end of the day, we just want you guys to understand the difference between a light empath or true empath and that of a dark empath. Think, if you will, what what would you say? A dark empath is sort of kind of like a fake empath, if you will. They have the abilities, but they don't have true empathy. No, because they, they use what they can, the information that they can get to... From being empathic to then use it in dark ways to manipulate right, people. And- right, And there's a lot of people like that. A lot of men do that to women. That's why I say there's a lot of narcissistic sociopathic abuse. Um, at the end of the day, if you have a manipulator in your life, fucking cut bait on that guy, man, because you don't need that kind of shit in your life, frankly. You know, at the end yeah. of the day, we educate you guys on what being an empath is because... At the end of the day, whether you call yourself an empath or not, we want people to understand that we're just human. Human beings were small children that grew. And uh, along the way, we develop traumas. We develop um, bad self-esteem sometimes. We were abused. We're neglected. And then we live in a highly, highly competitive and highly, highly hustler mentality with capitalism. And uh, I just feel like we needed to... That's why I did this show. I, I just felt like we needed to come correct and start calling out what's real about capitalism, corporatism, and the the harshness and the frankly the the lacking in uh, joy and the lacking in compassion in our society and culture today. You know, I just wanted really people to understand that you're good enough and to move on from your traumas and to if you are a sensitive or because uh, you, you don't even have to be an empath necessarily, but most people have some form of it. I mean, if you know when someone's walking in and you feel them, their presence, you're you got something. Some you might not call yourself an empath, but I think we all have the ability as social animals to pick up on each other's vibes and intentions. Frankly, yeah, just some I are more attuned and and mm-hmm. you know strong and you know and focused than than others. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, good job, babe. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good article. Um, y- you know, I just wanted to kind of talk about that a little tiny bit about the empath thing as a whole, and then we'll move on to uh, my list here. But at the end of the day, I mean, 
we started surviving empathy for a couple of reasons. Uh, we called it surviving empathy, frankly, because I'm, I'm not saying that we're surviving with empathy. I'm saying we're surviving the state of being an empath. Mm -hmm. That's what the yeah. show means. Yeah. When you say empathy, it's the state of being. So surviving empathy, you're surviving the state of being an empath. And as the show sort of grew and morphed, uh, we started adding other things we found pertinent in there, which is like mental health, getting regular working people, middle class people and lower middle class and poor people to understand that you're good enough. Regular people need to have hope and to understand that you can uh, do whatever you want in this world. Sure, you might be restricted by finances, but you have to believe in yourself and you have to stop. You know, you have to let go of all that sort of low key hate, um, the gaslighting in our society that tells you that you're not good enough, frankly, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's what the show's always been about. Yeah. Yeah. So what did, what's your takeaways on that article, frankly, and being an empath in general? I think it was a really good breakdown of, of dark empathy. It's kind of the simplest one that I've seen so far yeah. that really makes it really understandable. Well, and I... You know, in season four, uh, the season four episode one opener, that was when we had that big falling out with all those girls from your makeup group on Facebook. And we were trying to explain to everybody just how scornful and hateful people have become. And a lot of people, you know, they might have mental health problems. They might have depression or anxiety, but then they almost feel justified in taking that out on everyone. Like, oh, well, I'm broken i'm hurting therefore i can say and do whatever i want and there's almost mm -hmm. like people who are sociopaths they make exceptions for themselves that they don't allow others to have well and speaking of that situation the kind of the leader of the pack of all of that was always talking about how she's an empath right. but she's an absolute dark empath that's right and i sensed Absolutely. it right off the bat and it <laughs> it reminded me of a situation years ago it's there was a point where i was doing um, making earrings with nail polish on glass pieces. Mm -hmm. And one of the other girls in the group, who's also a friend of mine, had started doing the same thing. Yeah. And I remember this girl, it had just popped up in my head a couple of days ago that she had messaged me trying to start shit. Yeah. Like, oh, you've been doing those earrings. Now she's doing those earrings. So what do you feel about that? What does that like mean? Like she was using, that, trying to start shit. Like, oh, she took your idea. Now, aren't you feeling bad? Aren't you feeling mad? <laughs> like she was trying to manipulate the oh. situation. And that's what I mean, you guys. You know, I, I often tend to believe that men in general are usually more narcissistic or sociopathic than women. But the one thing I did learn on this show, and no offense to women, I love women. I'm all about um, female energy and female empowerment and equality, of course. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, there be some bitches out there, y'all. <laughs> and you have to be careful because a lot yeah. of people, uh, they feel justified in hurting others. And that's what happened to us is that, yes, I was being mean to these girls. They were fucking crazy bitches. <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, you got to call it what it is. They were not right. They were not correct they were not yeah. coming correct and when people do that to you they will you know snapshot what you say and then turn it around to use it against you and and, and then use it out of context etc cetera, etc cetera. and then they 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 get you all riled up and then 
they point to you getting mad at them as mm-hmm. evidence of you being yeah. the one that started it. It's like, oh, good yeah. grief. Too much drama. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel great that we lost all those people. I feel a thousand yeah. pounds lighter. Me too. <laughs> well, yeah, because we've always been good people. I mean, we started this show from a place of purity of heart and goodness. At the end of the day, um, the problem is that when you make yourself a public figure, um, you're just going to attract bad eggs. The end. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it just happens. And so that's why when we go into the YouTube channel, I'm reluctant as an empath to get into that because I just know that we're going to start, you know, getting Trumpers and haters and, and narcissistic sociopaths who claim to be empaths and all this stuff. And uh, especially once you show your face, it's just, I don't know, if people feel invited to, to criticize you. And I don't understand that need to always criticize people. So I'm reluctant. But at the same time, I know it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, and I think that's really the hardest part of being an adult and being a human in general is we have an inner child that we don't want to die. We have to nurture that inner child. A lot of times throughout life, we pick up all these um, uh, traumas. We pick up all these behaviors because of shame or because of guilt or because of someone bullying us or whatever and then uh, at the end of the day uh, we grow up one day to realize that wow the life I wanted has slipped through my fingers I ended up with this other life instead and that's kind of where I got back into radio because I've always wanted to do radio and I've always wanted to be a comedian and entertain and be jovial and I don't know create create just make people laugh frankly and um, but at the same time you know, I don't know. It's like, I'm not just a silly person. I'm also a person that has something to give intellectually and um, empathically and et cetera. Emotionally, I've, I've just been an emotional giver. And so at the end of the day, I try to give everything on this show, but I just, we've gotten to a point where we realize that we've got a little baked in audience that has supported us throughout the years um, but uh, the growth isn't there, and I, I, I tend to think it's not anything we've done wrong. It just has to do with the fact that we're living in a society where people don't want radio anymore. I think they just want video. And so we're like, yeah. okay, fine, we'll give you what you want. We'll go over to video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. So I'll try to make this as coherent and cogent as possible, but I just kind of got a random list here of things that I mm-hmm. thought would be a good uh, thing to talk about. So I have written here, first of all, we're talking about the podcast as a whole, what we learned. Um, Podcasting as a whole doesn't reveal the problem with audio media as much as it reveals uh, the, the elitism and celebrity influence culture and what that is. It's like everybody's trying to be famous or wealthy. In other words, uh, nobody wants to do the shitty work. Nobody wants to do the hard work anymore. Everybody just wants to be kind of adored right Mm -hmm. and you know i think for those i think the way you make it is you double down on yourself you don't let the world uh tell you no you just keep going for what you know is you and no and that's what i'm doing um am i you know totally famous now like i have no more work to do as as a as a radio podcaster no i've got a ton of work to do because some people because of the nature of a podcast will never know that i exist and so okay fine 
I'll go over to video then. And I think the cool thing about that will be the fact that it won't be so long form. We'll have very short sort of succinct videos that will go into various topics. And hopefully we can still be mature and sensible and talk about real life stuff. Um, but in a way that's a little more digestible because I think, yeah, people want to get in, get out. They don't have the time for a yeah. hour or two hour long podcast. Yeah. But you know, given some of the falling outs we've had during the show, some of the things they would say, oh, you just want to, you know, sit on your laurels while your wife works. Uh, no, I, I, I'm a veteran. I'm a disabled veteran. And I am trying to do something good with my life where a lot of times people are fooled in capitalism into thinking that, oh, well, you know, you should be all working 40 hours a week and uh, without relent. And it doesn't matter if your employer mistreats you or mishandles you. And uh, there's no such thing as quality of life. Suck it up, buttercup. You want to speak about that? At the end of the day, it yeah. feels like to me we're living in a society that just doesn't fucking get it, man. Well, it's just it's capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> it's, everybody needs to be out there working a shit job. And that's just the way it is. And, and if you don't like that or if you don't do that or if you're a creative heart like me, why you don't have as much worth as just some, you know, big dick construction worker who's just a posturing alpha male strutter. Yeah. Who's just, you know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. just like, and, and now who we are is only as good as our wallet or only as good as our abs. It's like, good grief. I just, I don't, something went astray in this society. What do you think that is? I don't know. I think just no. the, the wealth inequality just kind of everything followed along with that that's a good point and like i said mm. it's capitalism for you it's yeah it's just kind of the winners versus the yeah. losers the the haves versus the have-nots i mean and that's the thing is that's why i talk so much about empowering people because at the end of the day this shit will convince you that you're just a, an automaton that you're just a drone and and sure we have responsibilities but um, there's a whole lot of wiggle room in what that is. And I just want people to understand a greater understanding of themselves so that they get into the career path that will really serve their emotional interests. And that's what I'm doing here. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, when, when I realized that I had fibromyalgia, I was like, okay, well, no big deal. You know, we'll, we'll go with it. And then I started realizing it came with a lot of chronic migraines, a lot of chronic fatigue, a lot of inflammation, a lot of pain. And I was like, well, that's okay. And then I started working some of these jobs and it was just more, more, more of the same. And I was getting inflamed and then I would get insomnia and blah, blah. You know, I'm not asking anyone to feel sorry for me. It's just, okay, well, now I've got to do something to satisfy my soul, as Bob Marley would say. You know, at the end of the day, you got to satisfy your own soul. At the end of the day, good grief. If you're not scratching that itch, if you're not getting that catharsis, that cathartic release of what life ought to be which is fun and playful and joyful then you might be doing it wrong i don't know what do yeah. you think yeah and it I feels agree. like all of our culture and society is led by the top down not only economics but the top down mentality of know your place brian yeah. know your place rebecca don't you know that you were born poor and you're not allowed to color outside the lines speak about that well, that's just, yeah, it's just a way of controlling everyone, controlling the yeah. poor people, controlling the, 
the people well, that are less than you. And, well, and... now it's getting bad enough where poor people are mocking and uh, uh, gaslighting other poor people. YouTubers talking shit about other YouTubers. In other words, we're all becoming a bunch of manipulators. And I'm sorry, but that is the dark triad. That is, you're ta you are allowing your uh, sense of ego to be bruised and then to go on the warpath thinking that somehow you're justified. You're not. When you start hurting and manipulating others, you've lost all credibility in your meaning meaningful goal you know mm -hmm. yeah so i don't know just it feels to me though like we did all this coming from a place of purity and joy and we picked up more haters than friends now granted we have a pretty steady audience that knows us likes us knows that we're down to earth knows that we would give the shirt off our back for them but good grief what a bunch of fucking haters out there what drinking their haterade and they're fucking stupid, too. Can we speak about that? Well, it's just the whole internet has just given people free license to just be assholes to people yeah. because it's just anonymous and you can sit there behind your keyboard and act in ways you never would face-to-face -face with someone. Oh, yeah. When these people see me in real life, they clam up, their buttholes tighten up like a fucking drum because I'm a big dude with a big beard and i like a big cereal that's a honeycomb <laughs> reference <laughs> 80s commercial never mind yep. <laughs> but i just mean to say that yeah nobody talks like that to my face and yet they think that they're johnny badass to you on the interwebs mm -hmm. good yeah. grief what a bunch of drama nonsense it's, yeah it's ridiculous and that's kind of my fear and trepidation in going into a youtube channel is that yeah i think we'll pick up a lot of friends a lot of good people but then you're speaking your mind about politics. You're speaking your mind about uh, religion. You're speaking your mind about this and that. And uh, God, just in the last two years, I'm picking up more haters than I ever thought I could because I don't say anything abusive or mean-spirited to anybody. Now, I talk shit about Trump supporters being a little, you know, not entirely uh, accurate and not entirely intelligent, but I never, ever... Uh, hurt people you know what i mean and that's the thing is we've lost whatever happened to being classy whatever happened to turning the other cheek whatever happened to just you know ignoring um the the things that you know that's what an adult should do is we should be able to talk openly about anything but we've all become so hypersensitive to the point where a lot i think a lot of people uh, feel like they have a greater sense of uh, right to exist in others. And I think a lot of that is perpetuated by religion. You know, it's like, oh, well, I'm one of Jesus' disciples and you will not, blah, 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 blah. It's like, mm -hmm. no, that you're missing the fucking point of religion. And that's the thing is like, I never started this as an atheist to mock or make fun of religion. If you have a spiritual need for religion and Christianity or something like that, I want you to have that. I want you to enjoy that. But we have justified more torture and murder and awfulness in this society in the name of God than any other thing in the world. And I just yeah. think, good grief, if we're going to have religion and spirituality, we got to get rid of all these fucking zealots that are destroying democracy, freedom, rationalism, etc. cetera. Mm -hmm. You know? Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, when you look at the totality of mankind, humankind, 
Um, we're all searching for clues, searching for answers, searching for a lifeline, searching for friendship, searching for a kind, you know, shoulder to cry on, frankly. And I think that's why some people go to religion. Some people go to, I don't know, various groups and platforms, etc. You find your tribe of people and that's important. Um, but I have here written, we're perfecting technologies, but are we perfecting humanity? and human relations? I submit That's that we do not. Question. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I we agree. get better at technology, but we're not getting better at humanity. And if we have tech, if our technological advances surpass our humanity, we're not going to understand how to use technology for the betterment of our society. Yeah. Well, yeah. And people just rely too much on that and they don't know how to relate to each other personally yeah get your fucking nose out of your phone and fucking make some friends goddamn <laughs> <laughs> although you can make your friends on your phone sure and then meet them in person Absol which happened to me with with lynn and <laughs> right a bunch of people right right well no and i got nothing against um you know social media i have nothing against technologies in fact i'm kind of a tech junkie i love it mm -hmm. i read articles about tech and audio and stuff all the time i i'm a podcaster i have to know technologies and editing and all that stuff. So I love technologies, but I don't always love the agendas that come along with it, you know? Yeah. When I think there's a way that we can tackle corporatism and inequality and injustice in a way where we can like Google products without handing them over our undying allegiance. Mm -hmm. If they fuck up too many times, hey, I'm going over to Alexa or I'm going over to Siri, goddammit. But so <laughs> far, I like Google because and I like the Google Pixels, and I, I enjoy the Google Home experience. But um, at the end of the day, I mean, it's made us unbelievably lazy. Oh, my God. We can't even turn off a fucking light switch anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's, it's fun. But, and like with everything, you just you have to balance it. There's got to be balance. Yeah, exactly. But what would you say to regular working people who are just not... They're just coming up short and they're getting depressed. They're getting anxious. And maybe that's turning them into somewhat of an asshole version of them that they don't like. And they, they, I think most people want and desire to return to joy, return to pure fun and amusement and joy and the version of themselves that they were at some point in their life. And now, you know, they've had just too many people fuck with them, too many shitty jobs, too much bad juju. And now everybody's sort of turned hateful of one another. Speak about that. Well, it sucks. And it's hard. Yeah. And you just have to try to find the little things that make you happy. And yeah. try to keep, if you have to work all day at a job you hate, make your, your home your oasis and your yeah. comfort place. And you absolutely do. You just have to do the little things that make you happy. Absolutely, babe. Yeah. Well, and the thing that I've learned about being an empath is that it will invite scrutiny in certain types of people who think, you know, weird stuff about it, stupid stuff, mm -hmm. you know, because they're untrained, they're uninitiated, they don't understand what it means. And so they think that you're trying to be some frou-frou thing when really all you're trying to do is say, hey, I identify as this thing. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm starting to believe that being an empath is sort of like being um, on a spectrum. It's not so 
black or white or cut and dry. You know, it's kind of like we're learning, you know, and this took me forever to understand. But I used to believe, hey, if you were born with a penis, you're a man. If you were born with a vagina, you're a woman. And now I'm starting to understand what it means to, to be on a spectrum mm-hmm. of non-binary, you know, and and, yeah. and same with autism. There's a spectrum. And mm-hmm. so I think a lot of people nowadays, they just want to go back to the easy going days of yesteryear because they don't want to uh, overcomplicate their life. They think it's too complex. They think it's too pussy. They think it's too frou-frou. And at the end of the day, I think that's where a lot of conservatives get their cultural identity out of is being tough and all these things. But at the end of the day, they're just looking like jerk offs. Mm -hmm. You want to speak about that? Some people just don't, they don't like to learn. They don't like to evolve. They can't deal with change. Yeah. So they'll just put their feet down and get set in their little ways and try to push that on everyone else and yeah instead and, of evolving like life does well and when we started coming out as empaths and the show started taking hold and certain repeatable things started happening like oh we're gonna probably end up being a lot about mental health robust living for average folks oh we're gonna probably talk a lot about the paranormal and cryptids which we have and we're gonna talk about being an empath and you know the thing is though is that a lot of people just out the gate think oh well they're not gonna be grounded they're not going to be rational they're going to be a bunch of spiritual hippie weirdos no we're (laughs) we're pragmatists but at the end of the day we have learned what this thing is and you know it's like my buddy the chiropractor he came out and he's like i think i'm an empath too and that's what i mean it doesn't matter whether others believe it or not you know it to be true you pick up on these things and you and your anxieties and your mental health are affected by external factors period mm-hmm. speak about yeah. that well yeah i mean the outside world is gonna affect so much of of your mental yeah i don't even know the words i'm trying to say trying words to... and stuff <laughs> words and stuff <laughs> well Just yeah how you see things and how you live and your mental yeah. health and well yeah and and you're we are not raised like the animal kingdom of just instinctual survival we are interdependent of each other as a social animal, a social creature. And as such, we have sort of um, a reliance with and connection to and relationship with one another. Not always good, not always bad, but I just mean uh, that we, we tend to pick up on these energies because we it's kind of a fight or flight response. And that's what most scientists believe about empaths is that it's really a, just a, the, the evolution of fight or flight, of protecting yourself from danger, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But this is a perfect, perfect uh, time to segue into this. Tough. It's tough. <laughs> tough versus soft society paradox. When people see, see tough, they respect it, but don't like it. When they see soft, they like it, but don't respect it. How do we come to terms with this? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it feels like we live in a culture that everybody wants to be jacked. Everybody wants to be ripped and shredded and all those other terms. Everybody wants to be yoked. Everybody wants to be um, uh, big and strong and sturdy and uh, badass. And hey, 
I, I, I want to pass as a cat too. You know, we all want to pass as cats, right? So there's nothing wrong with desiring to be cool. But where does it go too far? And what do you think is going on there where people all want to be tough, um, but, they're, but they all hate people who are tough? In other words, they want everybody to be soft, but they want, everybody, but they want everyone to love them for being tough. What's, what's going on with this tough, soft paradox? I don't know. I think it's just a, a lot of it's kind of a conservative mindset is that you have to be tough and you have to be able to beat everyone up and overpower everyone and it's just yeah. a, i think it all leads back to insecurity, insecurity. boom absolutely <laughs> yeah and it's just an inability and immaturity for frankly yeah and it's an inability for people allow themselves and others to just be themselves and be happy with themselves and who they are yeah absolutely but why do you suppose people you know everybody wants the world to be kind but then nobody wants to put in on it themselves i mean Everybody wants, you know, you go on Instagram. It's just, God, legions of idiots all showing off their bodies in the mirror. Good grief. Get over yourself for fuck's sake. Now, hey, I'm a fitness guy, but I also have a little bit of a disability. And I also don't, I just don't love gym culture. It's so boring. I've been working out for 30 years. So there's times where I got to take time off because I just get so tired of trying to get my body jacked. I mean, hey, I think it's a good thing for your health and your mental health and everything else. But I know a lot of people who they work on their bodies, but they don't work on their soul. They don't work on their emotions. And so they get jacked, but then they get addicted to the to the burn. And then they go one day without working out and they melt like a like a mental defected sociopath because they can't deal with the fact that they went one day or one week without working out. In other words, they're just trading one strength for another or trading one mm -hmm. problem for another. Yeah. Well, and people just, they get in their minds that they're this thing and they just don't allow mm. themselves to have different facets to themselves. Oh, yeah. You have to grow as a person. If you want to be an, an entire realized human being, you can't just be a buff person. You have to have a personality, too. You have to have an intellect of some sorts and you have to have some grips on your emotional reality and i feel like what's going on in the right-wing culture and that's not i'm not trying to pick on all right-wingers i think there's good ones and bad ones just like leftists just because you're in my political camp doesn't mean you're a nice person or that we have a ton of commonality and sometimes in some cases when i worked out there in the workforce, I got along with conservatives better than liberals for the simple fact that they showed a little bit more, you know, uh, ability to want to help. You know, mm -hmm. liberals are like, maybe they're more intelligent, but a lot of times they don't give a fuck about anybody but themselves. And, and I don't mean, I'm, I don't want to generalize. I, what I'm getting yeah. at is all people are different. There's good liberals, there's bad liberals, there's good conservatives, there's bad conservatives. But at the end of the day, when you see the totality of the culture they're creating over there, I've got some theories. I want to speak on that for a little bit. And now why we got into politics. We didn't get into politics mm -hmm. to push our agenda, but as kind people trying to get the world to become a nicer, kinder, more empathetic place, I thought it was something that we had to speak about. So yeah. uh, in your own words, what do you think's going on over there on the right? I really do not understand it. 
it's just so weird. It's 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 a bunch of elite rich people trying to make poor people lash out against each other because then they won't pay attention to what they're doing up at the top. Yeah. And they're just pushing hate and they're pushing division and right. it's just well, and yeah, it's and a I whole think weird thing. Yeah, and I think there's qu- quite a few facets to it. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, you've got the religious angle. You've got Christians who grew up in this really puritanical, self-righteous mentality, and so they're I think they get like offended by gay and trans stuff too much. And so the social politics, and that's the thing, that's what I'm saying is a lot of conservatives nowadays, they don't care about the social stuff, but they, the reason why they stay so uh, just laser focused on so, the social politics and, and the culture war nonsense is because they have no real agendas or real policies that help anybody so they have to keep each other riled up about shit that don't matter Mm -hmm. what do you think that is what's going on there it's smoke and mirrors it's yeah it's keeping people riled up about like you said the social things so they don't pay attention to what they're actually doing with taxes like breaks for the rich and making corporations the beneficiaries of all the good things and well, and then what's funny to me also is that, you know, we watch a lot of these um, Michael Schur on the Young Turks uh, talks to Trump supporters, and he's really good at it because, he, you know, he's not mean, he's not rude, he's not condescending, but he pushes a little bit, and he tells them, I'm going to push sometimes as a journalist. I'm not trying to offend. Yeah. And, and he ha- does that in, in a way that I think is really good because, you, you guys, at the end of the day, do I have a problem with Trump supporters? Yes, in the sense that they're dangerous, they're being, you know, um, I mean, look at January 6th. They they can be talked into almost anything because of their allegiance to this one movement, this one man. And so it is dangerous. But I don't think they're all bad people. Uh, they might not have life all that figured out. They might not be all that intellectual or emotionally mature or emotionally intellectual, intelligent. But at the end of the day, that doesn't mean that I hate them. Um, I'm worried about what could come of it. But at the end of the day, I don't mock it. I don't make fun of it. Uh, I don't always understand it. But the thing that always struck me funny about conservatives is the simultaneous fuck your feelings, we're tough, we're the rugged individualists, while simultaneously being aggrieved. Mm-hmm. Grievance culture. Yeah, It's almost it's- like it's a throwback to um, the old South where after the Civil War, when... They lost the war. Um, they, they went through a period of what's called a reconstruction. And during that period is when uh, a lot of uh, white religious sentiment, um, uh, animosity started taking root in the South. And that a lot of that adapted into the modern re- Republican Party. Now, I know back in the old days, it used to be flipped. The Democrats were the Southern whites and the republicans mm-hmm. were the yankees but it's so it's now flipped yeah and that's why a lot of people are like well you know uh, we're, we're the, the party, party of lincoln, lincoln. it's like <laughs> yeah. uh yeah don't you understand the great it's, flip yeah, i mean exactly anybody who's studied history at all understands how that happened but but they haven't studied they just have the talking points yeah exactly but but what is this like we're tough fuck your feelings and oh by the way 
we're aggrieved. Feel sorry for us. I know it. It's so. It doesn't make sense. They, you yeah. know, people online they're calling liberals the snowflakes, but then they're crying because they might have to make a cake for a gay couple for a wedding. <laughs> You're right, I, right. Well, and and at the end of the day, I just I got I got nothing against common sense conservatism, but there's a whole lot of conservatism that just it it, it cancels itself out. It mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. It's yeah. It's backwards. It's regressive. It's hateful. And yet they claim to be the freedom lovers. They claim to be the patriots. They claim to be the good Christians. And at the end of the day, it's becoming a cult of zealots that are becoming dangerous. You can you, you can weaponize their anger and hate to, you know, get your way. And I, I just yeah. think, God, man, if they just understood that, why, why do they feel like Trump is so aggrieved oh the witch hunt i mean they'll say fuck hunter excuse me fuck joe biden um all the while saying that you know trump who's done 10 times more terrible shit um but he you know uh, biden hasn't done anything far as i can tell uh you know other than normal political shit yeah well that's because they're stuck in their little bubble and if yeah. you just listen to fox news or news nation or no wait news nation is that new good one I don't know. I can't keep them all straight. But anyway, Newsmax. Newsmax. There you go. News that's the one. the other yes, one. Yeah, exactly. That's where we and get all our they, UAP shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they just listen to that and they don't venture outside of that to see what's actually happening and they just listen to those talking points, that's what they're going to believe because that's yeah. what they're being told time after time. Yeah. And so we all know that there's something kind of wrong with them. You know, I, I often tell you and a lot of people that liberals – whether you're liberal or whether you identify as just a non-political person, um, we have this tendency in life to um, always live with these invisible critics in our head. And those critics are oftentimes um, our own inner critics. And sometimes those critics are the right wing critics that we make up in our heads (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yes, they probably do exist and they're out there, but I just mean to say we have this tendency to try to justify our actions and our thoughts and our beliefs to the worst offenders of politics. In other words, we have these invisible critics in our head and we're always trying to justify our righteousness and our goodness to conservatives. And it's like, I don't think they care. I don't, I think cruelty is sort of the point with them. You want to speak on that? Well, yeah, because you do try to show empathy or caring or kindness. And then we should, yeah, as we should, as people, as humans, and then they just shit all over it and stomp Mm, on it and try to just overpower you. And well, that's the thing. It's like, it's kind of hard to be uh, empathetic uh, and 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 want to help somebody who inherently hates you and wants you destroyed. It's mm-hmm. like good grief. I mean, I kind of think about like my aunt with this. Like my aunt, she's a nice older lady. She's kind of you know, she's kind of given up on life. She just spends most of her days in the back bedroom watching Fox News, and she's not a hateful person really she's not um a bad person but but um she's been brainwashed by this stuff to the point where you should have heard her spiel on gun control you know she thinks 
you know, she just thinks what whatever Fox News tells her. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we, we don't have to get rid of assault weapons. We have to get, you know, it's like, what? Like, I'm like, she's like, AR-15s are not assault rifles. They're sporting rifles. I'm like, no, they're not. Wow. And she doesn't yeah. even know that an AR-15 is automatic, you know, mm-hmm. that it can be switched to automatic, mm-hmm. even though she was in the army. So it's, yeah. I don't know why I'm whispering, but <laughs> I, I just mean to say that um, you you see her and you want to empathize with her, but then how can you empathize with someone who so rarely uh, shows or expresses kindness or sympathy or emotion to you? And so yeah. that's kind of what a lot of these conservatives do is they come off so scornful, so spiteful, so hateful, but then they want you to feel sorry for them. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. Bitch, please. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. What's that? What's going on I with that? I don't get it. It's just a weird mindset that I just really can't understand yeah, and, and I don't just, necessarily care to. I think there's a lot of it stems from, um, like I said, white grievance. A lot of it stems from anger and hatred of those people over there that are changing things in ways I don't like. So the inherent relying reliance on xenophobia and then you've got the whole uh, Southern um, Christianity thing, where I think they're trying to turn the world back into, oh, the world's evil, it's all Satan, and we got to get back to our Christian heritage. But I don't know, they they lack self-awareness in how evil and weird they are. What is mm-hmm. that? Well, and speaking of lack of self-awareness, they talk about how they want to be the party of of no government, little government, but then we're going to micromanage women's Everything. uteruses. And right, right. It, I don't know. The- well, and, and that's what I mean is that um, two, you know, Fox News viewers are the least informed people in the world and they're the hardest to get, a, get along with. And at the end of the day, I have nothing against my Fox News brothers and sisters, but at the end of the day, it's kind of hard to feel sorry for people who are, shitting in the punch bowl mm-hmm. frankly yeah, what so how do we deal with that how do we, we're gonna live from this point on all of us with crazy lunatics and unhinged dummies for the rest of time so how might we um find a configuration that uh, is not hateful but where we can um perhaps teach them perhaps um show sympathy but in a way where we're not you know giving up our own sense yeah. of self. It's it's a hard thing, especially when you you work with people and there's people that you like that you know vote contrary to everything that you believe in. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. just it's hard because you don't want to bring po- most of the time mm-hmm. I just don't bring politics into anything. You can't. Yeah, not out there. Or in if public, I do, yeah. it's in a non-political way mm-hmm. where you just bring up a subject and talk about it in a normal way. Not yeah. coming across one side or the other and just kind of introduce things that way. But yeah. Well, yeah, I remember when I worked at Lowe's and um, some white dude would come up to me and I have a beard. He has a beard. He has a camouflage hat on. I have a camouflage hat on. And next thing you know, he thinks we're brethren. He's talking about Trump and how he hates Mexicans and black people. I'm like. Whoa, where, where did you get, where mm-hmm. did you assume that I'm like you? Well, I even get stuff like that. I mean, at least in your, just because of physical appearance. Right. They can relate to you more, yeah. but I'm the complete opposite. You've like, got I'm the purple hair and the purple hair and my freaking <laughs> spider earrings and right. purple lipstick. The and then people chick, right. talk about like 
fuck Joe Biden. And I'm like, where, how, why do you think that I'm going to agree with you? And of <laughs> yeah. course, when I'm in a grocery store, I just go silent. And I that think makes it's patho- so uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, I think it's just pathological with them. They can't yeah, help it. That's it's their them. favorite talking point. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, people who talk about the new um, car they just bought, they can't help it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and there's been times where somebody will make some, like, we'll be talking mm-hmm. fine and they'll make some comment, like, totally opposite of how I feel. And I just go silent. Yeah. And then well, yeah, sometimes they'll be like, oh, you're not going to talk about that, huh? And be like, nope. Yeah, and just keep because, on doing what I'm doing. Well, you know, I worry about Joe Biden because he's he's looking awfully old these days. And I worry about that. I want that. him to just live his last years, like, being he, happy and not stressed out. Like, right. <laughs> honestly. Like, right. And I worry about him. He looks like a stiff wind would knock him yeah. over. And I love the man. I think he's a mm-hmm. good man. I honestly feel that the Democrats in the last two years have gotten more done pound for pound than four Trump presidencies, mm-hmm. four average people. Yeah. And that's the thing that's so weird about all this is that they think they're the good guys, the Republicans. They think they're the Christians. They think they're the good ones. They think they're the kind ones. They think they're the the, the righteous ones. And at the end of the day, I can just keep pointing to policy after policy after policy that fucks regular people. Yeah. What is well, going they're, on? They're quick to take uh, the recognition for it. Like just recently, yeah. they've, I've, I've seen a couple of tweets like somebody in Alabama or someone. Oh, we're finally getting that high speed Internet. Tuberville. To ru- yeah, that's it. To rural areas. Well, you voted against that dipshit, but you sure are quick to take credit for it. Well, and that's we'll get off politics in a second. Yeah. But that's my point is that at the end of the day. I believe Fox News and all these giant media sources are intelligent and are somewhat socially liberal like us, but they know what their base wants. They love Trump. They love white grievance. They love, uh, you know, talking about woke culture. They love um, uh, talking about, you know, how the world's all becoming a bunch of liberals and the deep state, this and that. And that. In other words, they know their base to the point where they even know how easy it is to manipulate them mm-hmm. and to rile them up. But more, more than that, they also know how uninformed they are. And at the end of the day, when you know they're uninformed, you don't have to worry about being factual. You don't have yeah. to worry, frankly, about about being truthful. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, I, 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 like I said, I would almost feel sorry for them if they weren't so hateful. I see these women Trump supporters or these black Trump supporters. I'm like, good grief. What is Trumpism and MAGA doing for black people? Mm-hmm. And when you see like these women, these Trump supporters who, you know, most of them, think women should be in the kitchen getting pregnant barefoot and pregnant and making dinner for your their man and so when you see the regressiveness and the the dead end uh cultural cul-de-sac if you will of of that movement it's like i just feel like the entire movement is made up out of nothing they Mm -hmm. they make all these memes we were watching this uh, youtuber the other day they make conservatives they make up all these memes to share with each other on their truth social and all these social media platforms and half of them don't even make sense in other words they just they're all riled up about everything fear-mongering yeah and they can't seem to accept anyone's differences uh what what is going on 
do you think? It's just, again, it's just about controlling yeah. their base and just controlling how they think and or don't think and right. and how they vote and just manipulating mm-hmm. them into doing what they want them to do. Well, in bigger picture, as an empath, as a kind-hearted person who is trying to um, exude a kindness and compassion and to create outcomes of empathy in our society, what do we do about this aside from what we're doing, which is educating people? I think that's all you can do. Yeah. And you just have to be aware of what the their talking point of the week is and just know that you're going to have to deal with those people and just try to right. put your shields up. And Well, and that's why sometimes I get on far left pol- political people too, because um, we might get along with, we might agree on some policy issues, but any extremist movement uh, is, is always in a hurry to be militant, to be hostile, to be negative, and to be hateful or scornful or wrathful of somebody else. And mm-hmm. we cannot move on and be productive as a society when we're constantly fighting the muckraking. And yeah. that's what I think is happening is they've made us so polarized as a country that they love it because they can, it's almost like we're arguing amongst ourselves and they're laughing all the way to the bank. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, but yeah, And that's where we are in our, capitalism today can't disagree with that you know yeah Mm -hmm. so i just have written here people get too much of their identity out of politics Uh, a lot of times people misconstrue morality from their political beliefs and yes i do believe your morals and convictions um often uh uh, signal your political beliefs but most conservatives do feel like they're on the right side of history in other words we're the bad guys those mm-hmm. Democrats, they're all pedophiles and they're all this, that, and the other thing. And yet, at the end of the day, when you analyze the stench, as Bob Marley would say, you start to see time and time again their abuses on our system, their abuses on women, their abuses on our freedoms, and this false sense of patriotism. The only time they like freedom is when they allow free, uh, rich libertarians to control all of our wealthy markets. They don't care about mm-hmm. freedom for the poor. They yeah. care about the two-tiered justice system for the wealthy. Yeah, 100%. And yet they claim to be the beer and blue jeans party. It's yeah. just I something know. else. It and we have to, is. and that's the thing. And, I, and, and like I said, I, I really do feel, how do we, how can we as a, as a general rule, as forward thinking people? Because I don't want, I don't, I try not to be political. I'm a small P progressive. I believe in best practices. It's not about the liberal agenda. It's about creating infrastructure and bettering our society to be more like Star Trek, to get rid of eradicate inequality, to eradicate um, racism, to eradicate, frankly, a system that has got us by the balls. And and that's why sometimes, you know, I, I, I try to tread very lightly about my views about capitalism because I'm not really a socialist, but I do believe that we need some socialism in our society to mix with capitalism for the things that we shouldn't be profiting on, like yeah. health and welfare and, and mental and health education. and education and, and things yeah. like that. Right. Oh, People shouldn't 100%. be, you know, and, and, and so at the end of the day, I just... um. 
So capitalism has become this thing where, on the one hand, I agree with you. If you have a job you don't like, keep looking. If you don't like certain things about capitalism, try to find an exit ramp into something that's more fruitful or more creative for your creative heart. But at the end of the day, I don't hate capitalism, but I do feel like it's been weaponized for the wealthy and against everybody else. And that's why, in a way, I resent it. I resent having to work a job at 50, making the same amount of money I was making 24 fucking years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, so speak about that. Well, just capitalism in general, like profiting off of, like we said, healthcare and education and the the situation with rent these days, like these companies and corporations yeah. buy up apartment buildings and houses they and just then jack charge up the rent as much as they allow. And it's just everything's just geared towards keeping poor people down. And right, right. it's got to change because what do they? Ex- I mean, grocery prices keep going up. Yeah, rent keeps going up. Wages keep going, staying stagnant. And then, what and- is? What do they expect people to do? What and then if- our government systems, instead of creating infrastructure so we can do it ourselves, have to then um, help us and and bail us out when um, the vast majority of people can't afford their student loans, or vast majority of people can't afford rent, or vast majority of people can't buy enough food to eat. And so, yeah, we're trying to create a system where we are all self-sufficient, but at the end of the day, without the Republicans chipping in to create infrastructure bills for all people, I really think that politics has become insane because at the end of the day, the right are just gobbling up the red meat and all that, you know, um, all that dog whistle language. They're they just love scornful, wrathful shit. And um, it's because they they actually do believe that Joe Biden is somehow a terrible person. And Trump is, uh, you know, a really good person. And he's just he's just had it rough. Oh, my God. He's <laughs> a wealthy rich guy. Kid. Yeah. Poor little rich kid who's always had his way. And he's he, he doesn't pay his associates. He doesn't pay his lawyers. He doesn't. I mean, he's just a terrible human being, and they and they they have it twisted because mm-hmm. Fox News and the media machine have got him convinced that they're the aggrieved, and it's those liberals, the deep state intellectuals, they're the ones that are messing everything up. And yeah. hey, don't get it conflated. I think elitism on the left and right isn't good. Oh yeah. The difference is is that scholastic elitism doesn't insult me as much as top-down economics where they're forcing me into jobs and behaviors that I can't participate. Yeah. So then I have to go off and find my own way. Mm-hmm. And we have to get very creative as sensitives and creative hearts in order to get in along in an economy, frankly, that uh, just doesn't always serve our best interests. But with that being said, we should keep an open mind. You know, I've, I've had quite a few jobs where I've made quite a few friends and I've had bosses that were very supportive. So even though a lot of these systems are tyrannical and evil, <laughs> we sometimes have to keep ourselves from not getting overly militant. What do you think? Well, yeah. Like I always say, balance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yep. Anyway. So we, we're we going to start try to stop this at the hour and a half mark. We've been going over a lot lately. And, uh, you know, I have a ton of stuff written here, some of it relevant, some some not as much. But I just kind of wanted to ask you in, in your own words, babe, what – did this podcast do for you? Did you learn anything? 
Did it help you in any ways? And what did you learn, if anything? And uh, just your final takeaways about an introverted, shy person becoming a, a quite prolific uh, broadcaster. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the weirdest thing. Yeah. I remember the first time when you're like, oh, come on the podcast. And I was like, uh. Hell to the no! <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. So yeah, that's something that definitely <clears throat> ripped me out of my comfort zone with that, and yeah, I'm I'm kind of kind of proud of that. Yeah, no, um, me too. I'm very proud of you. Yeah, and it's just I it's interesting because we did research on things that I hadn't looked into that much, like the right. empath thing, and just yeah, like, just looking into a lot of the cryptid stuff, and sure, it's just kind of opened my mind to things more because we've just expanded subjects that we're interested about. Yeah. And it wasn't just going down the rabbit hole of crazy stuff. We learned a lot about real stuff too. Mm -hmm. And we yeah. learned to be sensible despite the fact we have, you know, crazy out there interests. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it just helps you in trying to help people realize they're not alone with their beliefs and how they feel about things. It's, yeah. it's helped us realize that. Absolutely. And it's been very, uh, it's been a, a, a catharsis, a therapy for me. Um, sometimes just getting stuff off my chest when I'm upset, sometimes getting emotional when I need, you know, to cry. Uh, sometimes when it, when I'm angry and I need to uh, address some injustice in our society. So at the end of the day, I, I think talk, you know, this is our form of talk therapy. And that's why I'm such a mm -hmm. fan of talk therapy. It doesn't matter whether you're talking to a professional or not. Uh, talk it out, you guys. Really, talking is the best way for catharsis, to get things off your chest and to really move on for, and, and identify really what, what's hurting you. Because I think a lot of people, year after year, just are carrying all this baggage and they don't know how to get rid of it. They don't know how to identify it. And that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to help people identify what's ailing you so that you can start the healing path. Speak about that. Yeah. Well, absolutely. It just kind of helps you look into yourself and figure out where you're coming from and what you need and yeah. what's going to be good for you. And this whole thing has been good for us too, because we don't, I mean, not many people just sit and have these type of conversations in real life, just right. sitting there. Right. So it's just helped us have conversations that we maybe wouldn't have in well, real life, I think. And I think a lot of people assume because we talk about these really serious things that we're really serious people. And yet, no, we're kind of silly hearts. We're fun-loving people who want to have a, a balance to our life. We want to have joy, but we also have to take things seriously too. But yeah, I mean, that's really what it's about. It's just for people to come together and talk about the things that are always left unsaid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. And the more you approach the things that you need to get off your chest, I think the better catharsis you will have and the better outcome you'll have in your life when you finally realize your value and worth. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you are valuable. And unfortunately, we live in a capitalistic Judeo-Christian society that loves to shame and guilt us out of what we know. Speak about yeah. that. Well, definitely. It's it it's always society's always trying to make people feel like they're not good enough and their opinion doesn't matter and they don't have anything to add to, and that, to life or yeah, people. Yeah. And that or, we have all these allegiances to things that we shouldn't like I'm a Patriot because I'm a veteran, but I don't have any like 
love for America because I owe it something. I don't know this country jack shit. Jack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I do, in theory, um, I, I, I'm patriotic of the freedoms and amenities that we symbolize and stand for. But when I see the actual practice of democracy and freedom, I think a lot of other countries are doing it better than us. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They have better pay, better uh, uh, leverage for uh, employees. They have better quality of life outcomes. They have better uh, health care outcomes. They have much fewer mass shootings. So at the end of the day, I just want to turn us back into Canada or something. Mm-hmm. You know, when I see yeah. Canadians, they remind me of us before we went crazy. <laughs> That's what they feel yeah. like. They feel like Americans mm-hmm. minus the crazy. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. I and I think that's what's going on is that we're all so stressed out dealing with emotionally immature people out there, dealing with psychopaths and angry people that it's come to a fever pitch. Nobody's relaxed anymore. Nobody has any joy or wisdom anymore. We're all becoming a bunch of stressed out dummies. Mm-hmm. What is that? And how do we fight against it? Just have to remind yourself to take a step back and breathe and take care of yourself because yeah there's so much coming at you all the time from all angles well and i think that's why so many people they don't get the catharsis and so they're about to explode and some people explode at work and get fired some people explode in their politics by becoming ultra maga authoritarians or fascists some of them uh go to the deep end uh and and shoot up a joint but which you should not do, by the way. But my point is, is that we have to have cathartic release and we have to um, have mental health maintenance before we can lead a happier life. And I think a lot of people aren't doing that. And that's why we exist and why we want to go onto the YouTube space because people don't want to listen to radio anymore. So, okay, fine. We'll give you some TV then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, But I want to still do the same work that we're doing now which is addressing topics in our society where we can all be friends and we can address these topics in a mature and fun loving way where we're not always so hateful and scornful towards each other. We've all become enemies of one another. I just, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah. Well, and I have written here and this is a very apropos, I think of what I'm talking about is that when you hurt You have a choice of two extremes, to hurt others or to start the healing process of yourself and others. In other words, when we get hurt, we have this tendency either to absorb it and become hateful, or we can use it to find ways to start the healing path instead. Speak about that in your own words. Yeah, well, yeah, it's easy to absorb stuff and let it get to you to a point where it festers and you do take it out on other people or you can let it fester and you take it out on yourself in with depression or anxiety or right well and that's exactly it is i realize and and my spiel at the end is kind of about how to reprogram ourselves for happiness and contentment even though everything in the world seems to be fucked and i say seems to be because yeah, that's what I'm seeing, but there's always more to, more to it than that. There's always, you know, it's a big world full of stuff, and sometimes we have to seek out 
a happier, more um, productive and more uh, fulfilling life, even though absent of what we might be seeing or feeling at that at that moment, mm -hmm. you know. Well, and I think the big takeaway here is, is that pain and grief causes and exacerbates more pain and grief and suffering. Can, yeah. And we're all stressed out. We're all feeling, I don't know, a sense of bleakness about where our society is going, where our uh, culture is going, where the jobs are going, where the technologies are going. And, and that's the thing is like we might be advancing in so many ways, but we're regressing socially because we're not uh, finding that balance. We're not finding that humanity within this capitalistic system. And that's why I yeah. say, yes, capitalism is a piece of shit, <laughs> but we can't get rid of it. And so in the meantime, we have to become the kindest, most healing, most um, ideal, I don't know, spiritual version of ourselves, uh, in order to, so that we uh, don't crack. Um, because it seems like everybody's becoming hyper mature, hyper sophisticated, hyper critical of one another. And therefore, we are becoming more polarized and divided than ever before. And mm -hmm. I think that all stems from a sense of self-importance and ego, but also frustration. Frustration, when it balloons out of control, becomes anger, aggression, and all kinds of other terrible behaviors. What do you, what yeah, do you think we can do is. to sort of get people to realize that maybe you're not an asshole, maybe you're just stressed out? I think the biggest thing is to try to keep a sense of humor. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> that's That's why I call yeah. myself Chef Bright Comedy yeah, because Exactly. And comedy you just have and to humor allow yourself to laugh at things. You have and, to and you have to not take life or yourself overly seriously because at the end of the day nobody's getting out of this shit alive ladies and gentlemen. So at the end of the day we have to make the best of who we are and what we are and what we have in the now. And mm -hmm. that is a Terribly hard thing to do when we're constantly comparing ourselves to everybody else out there. Yeah. Oh, Can't definitely. do it. Don't no. do it. No. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a few things here that are interrelated. Pain, loss, death, and a sense of urgency of making a better life than what we've been granted. It's spiritual. It's a spiritual matter. Um, this is how I stay strong, even though when my numbers aren't growing as a podcaster. This is what, when I was feeling forlorn about not growing as much as I expected to grow as a podcast, I could have either hung it up or I could double down. And I decided, no, Brian, there's something genuine about us. There's something genuine about what we're doing here. And there's something spiritual to this. And I decided, no, Brian, you know, when the tough get going, you either got to get better and stronger or you, you hang up your hat. And I decided, no, I... What keeps me strong and what keeps me going is this sense of purpose in what I'm doing and helping people, helping regular folks feel good about themselves and to find the happiness and the relaxation in themselves so that their joy isn't stolen by life. Because I think that's where we're at. Most people are just so stressed out that they're becoming versions of themselves that if they I thought about it longer, they'd probably realize they don't really want to be. Yeah, it's easy to fall into that because it's life is so frustrating yeah. and hard sometimes that 
you have to sometimes make an effort to not let yourself fall into giving out the energy that's coming into you. Yeah, it's easy to get very selfish in a selfish world. And that's what I was saying about tough versus soft. We Everybody respects tough, but don't usually don't like it because of their competitive nature. And then everybody likes soft, but they don't respect soft. So how do we find that balance of uh, empowered, but still kind? You just have to make an effort, I think, yeah. because it doesn't come naturally most of the time. Yeah, right, right. And about pain, loss, death, and um, it, it shapes us as a person. When we first started this podcast, I was essentially just a year off the heels of our two cats dying, which mm -hmm. I was in, I was grief stricken because it yeah. happened so suddenly. I didn't expect it to happen. And the fact that they both died within three months of each other really made me grief stricken. And that was putting me in this weird, dark place. And then my uncle got arrested and got sentenced to way too much jail time than an old man should have to bear. And, and it could have all been prevented and that's why I'm, I have mixed feelings about it, because on the one hand, I know he's not a bad person. On the other hand, um, he fucked around and found out. And I, yeah. you know, and uh, I, I but I still have anxiety to this day from that day when we got a phone call from the police that my uncle was in jail. It's like, ugh, and now he's been sentenced to 19 years. And it's like the poor guy's going to die in prison, probably. And. I know he fucked up and I know I, I don't agree with what he did at all. But at the same time, I'm still empathetic because he's an old man yeah. and he's never actually hurt anyone in real life. Mm -hmm. and it's just like, ugh. and to see people go down that road. And that's what I mean about like what anger does to you and what if you don't keep an eye on yourself, you could go down these roads until you you start making bad choices. And then one day you're on the other side of the law going, ooh, fuck, I should have watched my temper or I should have watched my ego or I should have watched my resentments, right? Because they yeah. build up into things that can become downright criminal or sociopathic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so do. we have to they keep can. an eye on those things. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why we do this show, because we want people to understand that to be human is natural. To be, to, to be angry and to be frustrated is natural. It's what you do with it all, how you process it. And every the key to everyone's brain and unlocking their true potential is different for, for every person. And that's why I say, well, I can't give you the key, but what I can do is tell you what worked for me. Mm -hmm. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Well, and now with my mom's cancer, you know, this last two years has been the highlight of my life, but it's also been like so much bad news. And now... You know, my mom just went through radiation and chemo treatment, and now she's going to be doing her surgery probably at the end of July or in August, and she's just trying to get healthier because it's going to be like a four-hour surgery. She wants to have good cardio before then, so she's been on the, you know, the, the exercise bike every day, trying to get her heart strong. And, uh, yeah, it's a scary thing because, you know, there's always that little part of you that just – fears the worst, even though, you know, it's like when you step on an airplane, airplanes don't fall out of the sky that often, but there's that just little part of you mm -hmm. that just thinks the worst. Yeah. And it gives you a great deal of anxiety. Speak about that. How do we 
get over some of our worst fears, our worst anxieties, your fear of your parents dying, my fear of my mom dying, our fears that we're going to die broken, penniless, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> How do we get all that under wraps? You just try to have to try to look at it rationally mm -hmm. and understand that a lot of it, you come at it emotionally and you just kind of have to try to talk yourself down sometimes. And right. Be aware of it. And, and is there a way that we could actually prepare for life better? I mean, you know, I, I, I am admittedly an anti-capitalist, but at the same time, I want to be successful. So I have to make sort of my reparations to myself on what I will allow myself to do in capitalism, what I, I can't get into the habit of just saying, no, I'm not going to ever work a job out there again. In other words, where do you draw the line? We have to set boundaries for ourselves, but we also have to, as regular people, we, we're reliant on jobs. We're reliant on a capitalist system that we don't like necessarily. But at the same time, just being obstinate and saying, fuck you, isn't enough. We have to mm -hmm. do more. So what do we do? Balance. It's <laughs> my answer to everything. Yeah, well, it's not wrong. You just have to try to work within the system mm -hmm. and try to find a way that it works for you. Yeah. And I really do feel a lot of it is just slowly but surely always getting better. When I talk about fitness, I'm saying you don't have to be buff in two months. You have a slow, steady course of of health and fitness and and the and don't ego lift. Don't go into it for your ego. Go into it for a state of you're either slowly getting better, you're slowly increasing your health, or you're slowly decreasing your health and mental health. And so long as you're on an upward, uh, uh, you know, graph, if you're you're on a slow progression towards betterment, then I say don't worry about how much you're working out. Worry about whether or not you're getting better or not in the ways that you need to. You know you have to be a, a good job. You know you have to succeed. You know you have to make money. You know, compromise where you have to, but uh, stand for them where you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. So we're almost done here, you guys. And um, I, it's like I almost wanted to go on longer because I feel like mm -hmm. once I'm done, that's it, I'm done. But thankfully I have Chef Bry Comedy YouTube channel to look forward to but i kind of wanted to go into our final thoughts on being an empath our final thoughts on mental health living a more robust life the paranormal encrypteds life and god <laughs> and then i have a spiel and then we'll be done that'll be it <laughs> i just got a sigh from her you guys an audible <laughs> sigh did you hear it the introvert doesn't want to talk anymore yep <laughs> Okay, babe. So this is going to be somewhat rapid fire. We're just having fun here. So don't overthink it. But at the end of the day, this is our last chance to talk about these topics until we hit the YouTube space. And so I wanted to talk about what are your final thoughts on being an empath and just give your advice for empaths out there and empaths in training. Go. It's, like I said, it's something I never really realized about myself because it wasn't thing I was aware of. Yeah. Um, you just have to find ways to block things. Block and filter. Definitely. Right. Yes. Um, and just find ways that it works to make it work for you. Yes. If you find things that you're having days where things are just too much, just find a way to shut down a wall and, mm -hmm. and let things go off your back. And 
it's it's a process because some days are different. Some yeah. days are stronger than others, and you just need to be aware of what's going on and not let things get to you if if too much is coming at you. And what about because a lot of empaths just crave genuineness and they're so sick of all the horseshittery out there. At the end of the day, how do we find more genuineness? Because you and I and empaths, we're all craving what's real. We're so sick and tired of the all the fake bullshit out there. How do we find genuine? You just have to look for it. Yeah. And grasp onto it when you find it. Yeah. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, my final thoughts as an empath is um, keep learning, keep growing, yeah. and never let yourself feel bad for having feelings. <laughs> yeah. At the end sure. of the day, sometimes our feelings betray us, but so long as you're coming from a place without ego, without pretense, uh, I think you just have to keep learning, keep growing, keep knowing and understanding what it is. And how you can use it to your advantage and not your disadvantage. Because, Mm -hmm. like I said, we live in a world where everybody wants to make fun of people for claiming to be empaths. Like, well, sorry, you don't understand that. And that's what I mean. It's That's why I think a lot of people have just, uh, you know, isolated themselves from each other. Because it's just we're just so hypercritical and divisive of one another. Even of our own kind. Even of our own tribe. Whether it be, you know, all being empaths or all being leftists or all being conservatives or all being atheists or whatever, uh, even amongst our own kind, oftentimes we feel like we can't truly be ourselves because there's so many hypercritical people out there. But mm-hmm. like I said, fuck the haters, forget the critics, live your life to your own drum and enjoy it. And I swear to you over time, it's kind of like us when, when we first learned news that all these girls had deleted us and were saying openly public hateful things on facebook and then facebook wouldn't even back us up when we were like reporting their hate it was clearly a violation and yet you know facebook being the sociopathic weirdness that it is didn't couldn't even identify what was wrong with what they were saying Mm -hmm. and so it made me feel um abused it made me feel uh hurt it made me feel violated and at the end of the day i realize now that I was going to have to stay empowered. In other words, when people hurt you or people make you feel low, um, you know, the only thing you can do is, is use your platform and show strength and kindness and goodness and prove them wrong. All the bad things they say about you, you know, it's not who you are. And so you kind of prove it to yourself, but you, you also prove it uh, through your own thoughts and actions, mm-hmm. become a better person. And, just keep getting better, keep growing every yeah. single day. Yep. Yeah. Uh, living a more robust life for the middle class and the working poor. Regular working folks, they want opportunity. They want uh, to get rid of uh, the, the bullshittery. They want a good life. They want to make money. They want to save. What are your final thoughts uh, for people to have a more robust life despite the fact that their finances or their health may not be perfect? That is a hard one. It's a big one. I know. So just do the best you can. Like I said, it's rapid fire. Just have fun. There's no such thing as rapid fire with you. (laughs) I'm trying. I say that with immense love. Yeah, Um, I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I've said before, you just have to find the little things that will bring you comfort and happiness. And yeah, 
there there are ways without spending a lot of money that you can find happiness and you just have to find them. Yeah. And it's hard sometimes, but Absolutely, yeah. Any anything else on that? No. Yeah, for me, I I just think living a more robust life is about believing in yourself, double downing on yourself and the comedians that make it are always the ones that go for broke. Like Chris Farley, like Bill Murray, like that girl you showed me the other day. What was her name? Celeste Barber. Yeah. She's a loon. She's amazing. In the, I mean yeah. that in the most loving mm-hmm. way possible. She's a crazy person. She's great. She goes for broke. Yeah. And that's what I mean. It's if you believe in yourself or you believe in something, go for broke, baby. Don't take no for an answer. And you might get your feelings hurt sometimes. I know when people come to me as a public figure and they, they want to mock me or make fun of me or say something mean, it, it hurts at first, but then you just kind of, you actually become more powerful by uh, learning to be above that and to process that in a way where you don't let that become your truth, your world. At the end of the day, haters be drinking their haterade, you guys, and you have to, you know, be better than that, classier than that. You sh- we should all be operating on a much higher frequency than those types of people, because those types of people are generally miserable and they're on a low frequency and they're trying to drag everybody down to them instead yeah. of go- rising up to us. Yeah. And I have depression. I have PTSD. I have anxiety. But at the end of the day, I just refuse to let that become my world. Yeah. But it gets hard to. sometimes. Yeah, it does. Yeah. What are your final thoughts on uh, the paranormal and ghosts and demons and all? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's fascinating. Yeah. And it's just something that I'm going to keep watching videos, reading books, looking into. and Yeah, we're always going to be paranormal ghost hunters and paranormal um, researchers. I mean, I've loved it since I was a kid. So Me too. It's not going That's anywhere. what's so neat about mm-hmm. us meeting yeah. is that it was this chance encounter we met online on um, a dating service. What was it called? Match. The match.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we're together and we had so much in common that we both like, you know, things like Dexter and we like dark things and we like, you know, but we also like fun things and light things and silly things too. And I think that yeah. our. Our, your silly heart found my silly heart and it worked yeah definitely but yeah um for me too i i believe these things are real i don't always know to what extent i do think that ghosts are an anomaly they're the exception to the rule that usually you pass on you you're out of here but every so often weird things happen and i do feel like it probably does exist um you kind of have to be grounded in watching the stuff and make sure that you don't drink all the Kool-Aid. But at the same time, we can debunk without becoming hateful or scornful. Mm-hmm. But also be careful that we're not shitting on other people's views. You know, as an atheist, I try not to crap on people's views about God. I try not to crap on people's views about their um, beliefs. And we can disagree without being hurtful, I think. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know? Yeah. Cryptids, babe, are they real? Or are we just hoping that they're real? I think there's some that very well could be real. Yeah. Which ones are Um, real and which ones aren't? That's, I don't know. Rapid fire, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Bigfoot, probably. Yeah. Uh, Nessie, Loch Ness and Monster. I hope so. 
Yep. Yeah. As a as a Scottish American, I hope so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mothman, weird, but something's going on. Yeah, we keep seeing it. It keeps mm-hmm. ending up in the news and in the headlines. Yeah. I mean, right. it was seen at O'Hare Airport. That's mm-hmm. kind of hard to deny. Yeah. When that many eyes have been on it. Yeah, I know. There's just so many. Like the the Fresno Nightcrawler. Fascinating. Fascinating. I'm not sure it's real I'm or not. I'm not sure, but there's Native American statues. So right. I don't know. So it kind of it's it gives it more credibility. Mm-hmm. I would normally one pass of the that fun off. Ones yeah. That I, yeah. Um I don't know. There's just so many. I think there's so many possibilities of things that that probably have mundane realities behind them, but then right. there's also things that I just don't know. Well, and that's what I mean is don't throw away your playful beginnings. Mm-hmm. This is all supposed to be fun. Yep. But also don't drink the, the Kool-Aid in the sense that yeah. you get angry when people challenge your views that, mm-hmm. you oh, you believe in ghosts? I mean, that's why it's weird for me as an atheist is because I don't have a home. I don't have a community. They Oh, you're an atheist like me? Great. Oh, you believe in ghosts? Never mind. Fuck you. You're weird. It's like, well, I don't believe in all of it. I just believe that something's going on there Mm -hmm. yeah i don't think every time you see a video that it's real Mm -hmm. i think we have to be very discerning about what's real and what's not and be very grounded in our rationalism and in our scientific skepticism but that doesn't mean we have to become um jaded it doesn't mean we have to become cynical Mm -hmm. so i try to keep an open mind but yeah no uh i think bigfoot's real and i i definitely think that mothman's real and uh you know i'm not sure about the rest i Mm -hmm. really had my hopes up for the rake and then i found out the rake was invented on 4chan yeah darn it that felt real to me (laughs) yeah i was hoping yep (laughs) but maybe there's something like the rake out there and we just don't know yeah absolutely we don't know and that's that's the fun of it that's the fun right uh i know this is a little hard to say and and expect any kind of real answer but What's your final thoughts about life, babe? <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> Just cookie cutter. It's, it yeah. Fortune it's, cookie two cent. What it yeah. It's what's, it's what's a total shit show. Yeah. There's good. There's bad. There's fun. There's sucky. Yeah. You just go with it. Yeah. And make the best of it that you can. And don't let it fuck you up and learn when to exert mm-hmm. and learn when to uh, heal and recover. Yeah. Yep. And manage your time wisely. Yep. Not always. You got to self-care. Lots of self-caring. Yeah. With the person with fibromyalgia, I have to self-care a lot. Yeah. Me too. Especially as an empath. Mm-hmm. Okay. And finally, what's your final thoughts about God? I think I'm an... I. I, th- I think I've found my label. My label is an atheist-leaning agnostic. Okay. So Fair enough. And what does yeah. that mean for you? just means that I don't know. Yeah. I'm leaning towards there's not a God. Definitely not a Christian God. Right, right. But... Not necessarily. I, you don't like every iteration of God. Mm-hmm. But you might have a general belief. There might be something. Yeah. Possibly. I don't know. Nothing wrong I with don't, that. I don't... Yeah. Well, that's why I call myself a spiritual atheist, Mm -hmm. is that I believe that I'm a spiritual person, and that's hard to put into words. Yeah. It's kind of a connectedness to the universe. It's a connectedness to nature. As Mm -hmm. an empath, it's a connectedness to the force, if you will, the energy that surrounds us and binds us. I know that's, you know, sounds silly, but, but, 
and and I'm somewhat of a dudist. I'm a dudist in the sense that I think you have to learn to laugh at life. You have to learn to roll with the punches, and you have to learn to uh, not take yourself so seriously. It gets it's harder to do. It's hard. It's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, my belief is is that I am not hateful or scornful of religions. I simply think that when religion uh, creates zealots, uh, zealots uh, are extremists and they create a lot of hypocrisy and a lot of um, a danger for our society. They, they want to lead through their Christian um, belief systems rather than yeah. allow there to be a separation of church and state. And so yeah. they're, they're becoming downright anti-democratic, some of them. And so mm-hmm. when you see a lot of these right-wingers that claim to be Christians and all they do is spew hate and vile bile every day i just go what is going down on with this world and so that's where the sense of humor comes in and so my thoughts on god i do believe that there could be some collective energy some collective conscience if you will when i was 19 i wrote this thing about the collective conscience and it was very profound for a 19 year old Mm -hmm. you know and uh it was just before i went into the army and uh in a way, I kind of still believe that in, in, a, in a sense. I don't necessarily believe that we go to heaven. I don't necessarily believe in hell or heaven. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in demons. I don't believe, I believe in earthbound demons, but though, that's kind of a name not we a attach to religious these. type. Of, it's a paranormal yeah. entity, not a religious yeah. entity. Yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, whatever you believe, hey. But we have to live and let live and let others live the way they want, so long as it's not hurting you. At the end of the day, yeah. eh. If it ain't hurt no one, ignore it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my beliefs on God, I don't believe in the biblical version of God. But sometimes I take kind of a Buddhist approach that I believe that we have to have a, a, a oneness with nature, that we have to simplify our lives, that we have to have discipline and have the discipline to compartmentalize our thoughts and our life and to be physically um, disciplined and mentally disciplined and what we let into our life and what we don't, and to, to be mature, but also have a fun, loving, silly heart nature about you. Mm-hmm. you. You let go of yeah. that that funny silliness, you're gonna burn out your motor quicker than anything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's really it. I want you to just kind of, um, in your own words, I want you to talk to the folks and just give them uh, what you hope will happen in the future with Chef Bry Comedy YouTube channel and who you're, who we're trying to help and what this is all about. And, um, uh, you know, just this is your final chance to kind of say your piece. Mm-hmm. I just want to reach people that are like us and yeah. let people know that they're not alone in their feelings and their, their lives. And, yeah. and it just would be nice to have more interaction yeah people yeah we didn't get a lot of interaction Mm -hmm. i get a few emails here and there or a few comments on my social media but nobody emails me nobody really says anything in the comments not much is happening and i think that has a lot to do with the nature of Mm -hmm. podcasting yeah it just absolutely there's too many there's too many fish in the barrel it's hard to see any one fish when there's a million fish and so i think the youtube channel will hopefully allow us to be um sort of this um I don't expect to be huge, but I want to be mm-hmm. unique. Yeah, definitely. And do thoughtful, unique mm-hmm. work. Yeah, I just want to keep continue being ourselves and 
whatever that entails. Yeah. And um, some money would be nice. Yeah, getting monetized <laughs> would be cool. Yeah. Well, and and the whole reason I started this is because I wanted to get into broadcasting. I hope one day that people see that I'm good at this and that I, I mean well. I want to help people and that I'm not a hurtful or hateful person and that um, that I want to use my voice for good. Yeah. I want to. Uh, I would like to narrate books and audiobooks. I would like to do voice work and cartoons. I would like to. Uh, continue on in broadcasting, even though we're going to be on video now. I want to keep using my voice to talk about real life and real shit. And uh, I just think there's too much fake shit in the world. And I would just like to contribute to making people feel like they've got a friend out there in the in the world. Yeah, definitely. I, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So here's my spiel, you guys. Here's my big spiel. At the end of the day... This has been a two-year sort of project. It's been somewhat of a, a, an exercise in joy and an exercise in futility. At the end of the day, there's just too many damn people in the world. But, you know, it's not about the loudest screamers get the, the, the attention. It's about those who adapt and those who uh, can remain themselves. I think eventually will find some form of success. So you don't give up, never give up, never surrender and, <laughs> yep. and be yourself. Don't change for anyone unless you're changing for yourself, unless you're trying to improve yourself and better yourself. Yeah. But my spiel is this. Uh, I have two things written here. My spirituality is about maximizing pure joy and delight and minimizing external criticism, personal guilt and shame, torment, the div divinity, the divine nature and living in the present, uh, remaining alert but calm, uh, no hatred, no criticisms or judgments. Uh, don't let the external world uh, uh, affect your life and your mental health. Um, you, you have to uh, understand what's relevant and irrelevant in your own personal life and your own personal goals. At the end of the day, uh, I have here, uh, don't let things that are irrelevant to your inner peace and trust in the universe and its plan for you. And as a person that doesn't necessarily believe in destiny or anything being preordained, that's hard for a quasi-realist pessimist. What do you mm -hmm. think about that, babe? Just have to try not to let everything that's outside and external get to you. Yeah. And bring you down and change who you are and what you believe. And right. you just have to put up those filters if you need to. Well, and if you don't believe in God, you can still believe in your friends. Or if you can't believe in your friends, you can still believe in yourself. You can still believe in the goodness from within yourself. And if you don't trust the plan or you don't trust yourself, or you don't trust that the universe will grant you what you deserve, then keep you know, making waves, make a splash. One day you'll get the right attention. You might not always get the right attention right away. You might not always get the attention that you want or crave, but at the end of the day, keep making a splash. And someday I do believe you will get the kind of attention and the kind of uh, rewards that you deserve. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> just don't give up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Frankly, yeah. Keep reinventing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. 
And finally, I have here, uh, out with the old, in with the new. Create new neural pathways. Errant pathways lead to dead ends, just as in life. So doing new things, reacting in new ways, and keeping life fresh releases your brain's neural pathways from old, tired, repeating brain habits that aren't working to form new pathways, habits, and bonds that literally reset your mind and therefore reset your mind, body, and soul. At the end of the day, it's about keeping an open mind and releasing all that which holds you back. And so what am I getting at here? It's kind of like, if you understand how the brain works and how trauma works, trauma oftentimes is attached to a memory or trauma is oftentimes attached to a cascade of memories. You you know, when you think of one thing and that makes you think of another mm-hmm. thing yeah. and you get that domino effect. And so I think what it is is about learning how to get rid of all the old traumas that still affect you, even though a lot of them might even be old or irrational fears, and then creating new memories, creating new path, neural pathways through, I don't know, being more positive, trying new things, keeping an open mind, doing new things creates new neural pathways in your brain and usually has a tendency to get rid of old bad ones. Because I think a lot of neuroscientists will tell you that trauma and depression, a lot of these things happen when your brain is stalling out, when Mm -hmm. there's no activity in that area anymore. And so we have to create ways for our brain to stop repeating these trauma pathways or depressive pathways or anxiety pathways. We have to create new ones. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? And sometimes even though things aren't good for you, they're comfortable. Right. And you just kind of stay in them. And it's just having an awareness of, of what could be better for you and help you live happier and freer. And right. Right. And at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong. There's no shame or stigma and being depressed or having anxiety. But at the end of the day, you don't want to set up camp there forever. And a lot of people make excuses rather than making plans to, to do something else. Mm-hmm. And um, it's that should be personal for them, though. That's not, I don't want to change you. You change you for you. Yeah. At the end of the day, I want people to live their best and happiest life, despite the fact that there's, yeah, always going to be a whole bunch of external factors out there that, uh, we can't change. We can't fix right away. But we can, uh, you know, hopefully create, um, you know, small progress, small changes, intermittent changes over time. And uh, one day, hopefully, we'll have the cumulative effect of of real progress and change that we can be proud of Yeah. in ourself and in our culture and society today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So that's really what I have. What do you think about that, babe? <laughs> i don't know <laughs> what stuff it's good exactly <laughs> yeah well i think at the end of the day um there's just been a lot of lame ass people who have made being positive and and you know kind of seem uncool and so i think a lot of us emos we have kind of a an emo heart in the sense that I think lame ass people have made being positive and happy seem like this lame thing. And I kind of think about like Wednesday Adams, 
about it in the sense that we uh, empaths, we depressives, we um, who are fascinated with the dark and the macabre have uh, dark and cynical and jaded sensibilities. And we don't want to be talked into a bunch of, you know, shiny, happy people bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think in a way it's kind of, kind of like um, we have to find our positivity, but in a way that suits our sort of dark and, uh, I don't know, our, our emo sensibilities. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of times when people tell you to cheer up and things like that, it's like, fuck you. I don't want to cheer up. Or society tells you, you know, be happy, smile more. Why don't you smile more? Because I hate you. Fuck you. I hate all this. this I don't is want to. I, I don't, don't want it. I didn't want it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, that, and that's what, kind of what I'm saying is at the end of the day, I think most empaths, most um, people nowadays want to be able to enjoy their frustration and negativity. And everybody's telling them that we can't. Mm-hmm. And I'm not telling you guys that it's easy. I'm not telling you you have to ignore your anger or your aggression or your frustration talking a little shit is good it's a good thing to get it off your chest but you know we live in a world full of people and some are cool and some just are not cool they're just not cool people uh and they're not with it and they're never going to understand you and how you tick and so how do we let those folks off the hook to understand that um you can be dark and emo and um be like Wednesday Adams, if you will, tough and matter of fact, but uh, also, uh, you know, eventually, you know, let your tender, warm uh, heart out too. By saying just that and yeah. being supportive of people and yeah, whatever they are. Yeah, you know, I think they wanna, if they're down and depressed and just support them in that. And right, you know, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's my point. Uh, my final point really is that we have to start letting each other off the hook, we have to stop all the hatred and divisiveness. But, like me, I'm just a smart ass by nature, so I, you know, I try to strike this balance of being both earnest and you know, a little bit of a smart ass, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that's a hard balance to do because, on the one hand, you want people to like you, you want people to get along. Uh, you hate, hate, hate anger and uh, divisiveness and all that. But at the same time, um, I think it's quite cathartic. If you, uh, if you don't take the right route to happiness, um, you'll be fooling yourself into thinking you're happy without actually taking the steps necessary to really get there. So how do, we, how do people do that? Do you think for real rather than just saying that I'm happy? Because a lot of people, they fool themselves into happiness. Then they realize three months later, four months later, oh, shit, I never really dealt with any of my actual problems. And I'm not being myself. You have to deal with those. And also realize what makes you happy because the thing that makes the next door neighbor happy might not be the things that make you happy. So you just have to realize who you are and what makes you happy and just kind of go for that and take it from there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really all I have, babe. Um, two years and one month is how long we've been podcasting. And uh, I'm very proud of the work we've done. And I want to thank, thank, thank all of you guys who stepped up in our time of need. 
Uh, we're not doing this to get paid. Sure, we, we can use a little money. I'm not going to lie. But that was not our driving force. Once I realized that podcasting was not where it was at, uh, I realized that this was just about exposure. And hopefully it was a win-win where we could help make the world a kinder, better place. Uh, and and uh, yeah, what do, what do you think is going to... I don't know. What do you what do you think about the YouTube channel? Are you, are you nervous? Are you excited about that? Um, it's gonna be weird. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be weird for me too. I I didn't shower today. Now I got to be shower weird. before yeah, I go on video. Exactly. Oh my god. Yeah, it'll uh make me do makeup on my days off. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you love doing that. So and I do. And I think the shorter format is gonna be good for me. Yeah, I think so. My, it's just, it's not that I don't like the longer stuff. It's just that the introvert part of me is having these headphones on and a voice coming at me for, cause when, yeah. all, when it's all said and done, we've been doing this for three hours, even though the episode's going to be shorter. Right. It's just a lot. The pause breaks it's and just all a that. lot yeah. for my introvert brain. Yeah. No. And, and I, and you know. I think it's also going to be better for our audience because we're going to try to crystallize our thoughts and feelings in ways that are more short form and succinct. And, uh, yeah. I think just people nowadays just don't have the attention to go two hours into a podcast. I doubt five people will hear my voice right now. And, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. why I want to get over to the YouTube space and start really making a difference. And uh, I'm not looking for fame. I'm not looking for fortune. What I'm looking, hopefully, is to find my empath tribe and to just hopefully make the world a more unique and pleasant place to be. That's mm-hmm. really all I want to do and i want to help people i really do i really want to help people yeah for sure me too absolutely yeah Yeah. so thanks babe yeah um i don't know quite how to end this but um get the fuck out of here we'll see you on youtube now (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah i i got so many thoughts and feelings right now and uh you know i'm nervous about uh, my mom and her cancer so that's kind of what we're going to be doing you guys is uh, kicking cancer's butt, and she's got to go through surgery in about a month, and then uh, that's probably once she's semi-recovered and on the healing path, we will then start the YouTube channel. So in the meantime, I will be uh, doing what's necessary to growing that and to perfecting my brand and to getting my cameras ready, getting my tech ready, uh, thinking about formatting, thinking about uh, just all the art and things that I'm going to have to do to to brand this and everything and uh i gotta decide what i want to include i have to decide what i can't include do you think it'd be okay for us to you know be open and pass on youtube or do you think it will invite too much scrutiny who cares boom (laughs) if 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 and and, you know i love that answer because that's what i've been trying to teach my audience Mm -hmm. for two fucking and that's what the block button is for that's right i mean that is right yeah you can't give in to the haters and the cr- critics out there because a lot of times they're just angry at themselves, you know? So yeah. anyways, thank you, babe. Um, good show. Uh, I-, I look forward to doing the YouTube channel. Uh, it's going to be a lot different. In some ways, it's going to be harder. In some ways, I think it's actually going to be easier because, yeah, we're not talking as long. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just going to have to get past that initial shyness that us radio folk have for being on camera Mm -hmm. but i think it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah i think so yeah that's really what we're trying to do you guys just have some fun have a little fun on this earth before we die you guys um i want to shout out to all my 
uh, friends and fans of the show, uh, especially Idris, Idris Smith. You know, you are our um, number one fan in our hearts. And uh, we thank you for your friendship and support throughout the years. And uh, it's a friendship that endures to today. We just talked to her today. Yeah. On this She's 4th of July. the best thing that has come from this. Absolutely. And I wish, see, and I wish that we had 20, 30, 40, 50 more of her. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. I want for the YouTube. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. So thank you, guys. We will see you on YouTube at Chef Bright Comedy. Come on over there and subscribe and get ready for thoughtful stuff. It'll still be a lot of humor, still be a lot of paranormal stuff. We'll still talk about cryptids. We're going to have a lot of conversations. We're going to have uh, Chef Bry's Food for Thought. That's my short form podcast. that will be about little of this, little of that. They'll all be five to 10 minute segments. That'll be on video and audio for the YouTube and podcast. And then um, come on over to my link tree. That's link tree forward slash Chef Bry comedy. That's where... Uh, all the music uh, podcast uh, streaming apps are. That is where my, uh, that's everything is, frankly, that's where, you know, uh, you can help us out through Patreon. Buy us a cup of coffee if you wish on Venmo or PayPal or cash. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, we're going to need your help, you guys. So please, if you care about us and you care about Empaths and you care about being, making the world a kinder, better place, Without losing our edge, if you will, uh, you know, uh, we, we want to have fun and be cool, but we also want to um, be ourselves as well. And that's what we're trying to do over there. And so we're going to need your help, you guys, getting there. So thank you, guys. Um, how, whatever ways you can help us, just go on over to the link tree, link tree forward slash Chef Bride Comedy. You can also become a patron at Patreon forward slash Chef Bride Comedy. We will see you on the YouTube space, you guys. And thank you guys for your friendship and support. It really does mean a lot to us. Thank you guys. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.